0: So because this building is abandoned, they automatically thought, oh, maybe it's a homeless person or, you know, another teenager just messing around. So they walked to the room, shunned their flashlights because they had flashlights because it was that night that they had gone. Um, they noticed that there was a wheelchair inside of one of the rooms But the wheelchair was slowly moving like something was pushing it. And they were automatically searching for some type of explanation in the room. And they did not find anything. When they noticed that, they both took off from that room and they ran out of that hospital. And he said that was the last time he ever went in there.
1: It's about that time, all you Holly weirdos, for Listener's Tales Part 6. It is our very special quarantine Listener's Tales episode. We have a tale from Riverside, California, about a loved one that comes back to visit his family in a haunted house, along with a haunted doll from New Orleans that likes to stir up trouble. We have two tales in relation to Linda Vista Hospital, now known as Hollerbeck Terrace, A listener of ours has recorded her story along with several other stories connected to Linda Vista. You definitely don't want to miss out on her creepy tales, along with my sit down with my cousin Jasmine Correas as she talks about her haunted home in New Orleans and Ghost Bob and a haunted apartment in Lakeview. Also, it doesn't seem like the hauntings stopped there in New Orleans for her. She talks about a potential haunting in her new job in Chicago, so you definitely don't want to miss out on all these creepy tales to scare Bryce with, because you know how we love to scare Bryce. So grab your Lysol and your 12-pack of toilet paper very tight, along with your nightlight, because this is Listener's Tales Part 6, The Quarantine Series. normal and we are just happy to be back we're happy that we survived another week in quarantine what uh, seems like an eternity it's all gonna come to an end soon guys we promise just hold on tight hopefully I know but I know from what the words of Zachariah the witch it's gonna get worse before it gets better oof. Yes, and before we enter our listeners' tales episode, because it's going to be one hell of a great episode today, guys, Uh it's going to be creepy, it's going to be funny, it's going to be downright unusual, but we have a lot of great stories to not only read to you, but also to play for you, so we have a couple that were submitted, we have one about a haunted doll that needed repair from New Orleans. And that's going to kind of be our theme today. It's New Orleans, uh, also the Linda Vista Hospital. So we have yes. <laughs> we had a listener that submitted a story. Natalia, thank you so much for submitting your story. She had uh, messaged us and said, oh, my God, there's so many stories I have for you in regards to Linda Vista, which is now uh, Hollerbeck Terrace. That's the name of the apartment that is on its grounds that took its place. So those stories we have in store for you. I've interviewed my cousin Jasmine from New Orleans, and she has a couple of pretty creepy, scary stories from New Orleans, along with, uh, is her job possibly haunted in Chicago? And you'd be surprised what what ended up happening. So it's a good story. But let's do a daily check-in. How's everybody doing? Bryce, how are you doing?
2: Good, just shuffling along. Although it is supposed to rain this week, so hopefully that'll keep people inside.
1: Oh crap! When think Monday, Tuesday, so. Wednesday? It's supposed to
2: start raining tonight.
1: No.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, it looks like tonight through Thursday.
1: No. <laughs>
2: I mean, exactly. we need it, and I think it'll help keep people keep people inside. So
1: we do, but it sucks because Mia is so hard to walk in the rain because she hates water. Right. She, I mean, she's not that bad when we give her a bath, but she doesn't go out if it's raining. She hates touching puddles and the wet ground, so that's yeah. where it gets a little difficult for us. But I yeah, just, we like, need it. We need it.
2: catapult fit. my dog into the backyard. He doesn't really
1: trust so. us. <laughs> he just throws Finn. Finn's like, okay. Yeah. He's like, bye, Aww. Good luck. <laughs> pew, pew. I'll see you next week. Bye bye. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine. I'm doing okay everybody's pretty much you know almost getting cabin fever I just feel like it's like like surfacing a little more like the need to go out and be outside it's it's, it's getting a little tough but I'm sure everybody feels the pinch and the sting right now
2: yeah I mean like I work out outside and you know it's different because I live with people I guess but yeah those are just friends
1: I'm starting to watch people work out outside. I'm so I'm trying to get the motivation to go outside and work out.
3: I know, I think it's it's a so lot.
1: tough. It's really, really tough. Especially like part of my routine was like going to the gym in the morning.
2: Then totally.
1: Getting my iced coffee and then going to work. And now it's like, what do we do? Yeah. But uh, another shout out to um Ellie not so confidential they put out a really good episode called Shitstorm, and it's mm-hmm. a really good episode. I highly recommend that you go listen to them, go listen to that episode because they have some really great words of advice for all of us going through, you know, this whole pandemic, dealing with being alone, dealing with not knowing what to do with ourselves and also mm-hmm. dealing, yeah. dealing with the loss of a job. I know some of us have been either furloughed or laid off and mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy, and it's it's hard. It's really difficult, but it's gonna get better. You just gotta hold on tight, guys, because it will get better in the long run. Damn. And if it, and if not, then you know we just gotta, you know, dress up like Charlize Theron and just Mad Max the whole fucking world eventually. <laughs> Have you done the Google search where you put your name and um, I think it's like the, your apocalypse outfit?
2: Hilarious. No, that's <laughs> funny.
1: Yeah, I did mine, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! I got some stirrups and a hat. I'm I'm good to go. Like a little like top hat that's been through the apocalypse. I was like, we could deal with that. We can go with that. Mm-hmm.
2: Look, if mine's on a crop top and sweatpants, then it's not accurate because so. <laughs> that's all I wear. <laughs>
1: And it has like this like distress like uh you know, embroidery that says daddy on it or Oh
2: god, no, never.
1: <laughs> well, let's just jump into it, shall we? Let's start uh-huh. reading um some stories. So um you have one actually from a listener by the name of Maida. There's actually two from her. I know there's one that she talks about, uh, I think it's um, her mother's story, and then she has another one about her grandfather that's pretty creepy, so. I love
2: it.
1: Yeah. Mm Yeah.
2: Yes, I will read that. So. Hi, Tammy and Bryce. I shared your podcast with my mom. That's so sweet. And she really liked it, which is also so sweet. My mom and I are both really (laughs) sensitive to places and can sense when a place is haunted. My mom wanted to share her story about a house in Mexico that has been in her family for a very long time. It currently belongs to one of her oldest brothers. There are many stories and even a legend attached to the house. Here's my mom's story. Hi, Tammy and Bryce. My name is Mayor. Back in 1987, when I was 16 years old, I was just born, just kidding, don't hate me, (laughs) when I was 16 years old, I went to visit my older siblings in Mexico for a couple of months. I was staying with my older sister and her family at the time. One day, she asked me to go to the family home, which was vacant at the time, to water the plants, open the windows, and air out the place. She sent her six-year-old daughter, my niece Maggie, to go with me and keep me company. The house was about a block away from my sister's home when we got there i asked maggie to start opening the windows inside while i went to the backyard to water the plants while i was in the backyard i had an uneasy and heavy feeling but i ignored it and continued to water the plants after i finished i walked inside the house to check on maggie and i heard a loud crash of dishes in the kitchen it sounded as though a dish rack full of dishes was thrown on the floor i then hear a loud bang that sounded as though the oven door was opened and slammed shut i ran into the kitchen thinking it was maggie when I walked into the kitchen, I saw, that, ooh, I saw that there was no one there and no dishes on the floor. The dish rack only had a few dishes on there and nothing had been touched. I ran out of the house immediately and saw that my sister was walking toward me. She hugged me and said, they scared you, didn't they? It turns out that my, ni- that my niece had left after I went to the backyard and I was there all alone. My sister told me they only went in pairs of two or more to that house because they scared you if you were all alone. I don't know why she never told me this. Yeah, I would be furious. If I, you sent me into a haunted house, let the plants die. Let the plants die. <laughs> years Later, my siblings and I went back to Mexico when my grandmother was dying. Me and three of my sisters stayed at my oldest sister's house with another one of my brothers. Side note, we are 12 siblings in total. Whoa, that's crazy. Um, I know. Part
1: part your family.
2: Yeah, quarantined together. I know. Three other brothers stayed in the haunted house <laughs> with my brother, who now owns the house. The next morning, my brothers came to my sister's house really early in the morning, claiming that they had been kicked out of the house. It turns out that they all woke up outside the home, except my oldest brother, who owns the home. What? They had described feeling as though their bodies were really heavy and that they couldn't open their eyes or move. No one wanted to go back or stay there. The brother that had stayed with us the night before stayed in that house, and he, too, woke up outside the house the next day, so no one stayed after that. Uh, like, just let me stay in my bed, ghost. Thank you. <laughs> As for the legend, my grandmother, who originally owned the home, claimed that on several occasions she saw a burning fire in the backyard that would only last a few seconds at a time. She was told that meant that there was money buried on the land, but that someone with only someone without greed would ever find it. Oh, I'm out. I have student loans. Like, I, I know.
1: Seriously. I can't help that. I want to they buy dug a around house. the
2: backyard, but no one ever found anything. Oh, creepy. Thanks again oh. for letting us share our stories with you. Oh, that is so sweet.
1: That is very sweet and very creepy. Uh,
2: <laughs> super, super creepy. Were like kicked,
1: they were kicked out by a ghost.
2: I just want to stay in my bed. Like, please don't kick me out of my bed. Thank you.
1: Ghosts must not like people sleeping in. Like, get up, get your ass out of bed, make your bed, and get the fuck out.
2: (laughs) I can't believe they were outside the house when they woke up. That's really creepy.
1: That is... That's a little strange. Like, man. Were they... I wonder if they were under a trance, like, to get up out of bed and just get out or something. Unless they
2: were... Like, somehow
1: lifted and carried out. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't, like, feel or sense anything while they were sleeping Man. yeah <gasps> ooh, oh that's so scary that's so creepy but what a good tale what a good tale
2: good mm-hmm. tale mm-hmm. i wonder if they still have that house because i would be like we're selling this immediately
1: the owners aren't heavy sleepers or light sleepers there you go yeah
2: mm-hmm. Oof. all right and, so i'll read their second one. Ooh. okay so that's Hi, Tammy and Bryce. I recently started listening to your podcast at work, and I love it. Yes, look at us ruining the productivity of the American Mm -hmm. workforce. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. It makes me laugh and spooks me out all at once. I love (laughs) listening to the real ghost stories from other listeners. I do, too. Uh, I'm a bit eager to share one of my ghost experiences with you in hopes to spook out Bryce. Oh, girl, it's an easy. You need to shoot higher. It's okay. It's a go. It's a go. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, you said the word ghost already. Like, I'm, I'm in. (laughs) Um, I've always been interested in the paranormal and have wanted to have an experience. I was not ready for me for it when it finally happened to me. So my grandpa passed away a couple of years ago. A few days after his passing, we started to notice some strange things that made us believe he was still around. My grandpa had a specific whistle that he would do to get our attention. Cute. After his passing, a few family members claimed to hear the whistle of my grandpa when they were alone. One late night, about a week after he had passed, I was in the living room on the computer while everyone else was asleep. I hear footsteps dragging across the carpet towards me. Oh, God. Ugh, gross. I freaked out because I thought it was my dad coming over to yell at me because I was still awake. I looked over, expecting to see my dad, but there was no one there. The footsteps kept dragging across the carpet toward me, but I couldn't see anyone Ew, then I felt an icy cold hand on my shoulder. I freaked out and jumped up from the computer chair and ran to my room. I was terrified, but I realized that it was my grandpa stopping to say goodbye. That's cute.
1: Thanks Aww. again for
2: the awesome show. Keep up the good work and greetings from Riverside, California. Hello, neighbor.
1: Oh, hello, neighbor. Indeed. Oh, my but God. Yes, hashtag. Those no cold focus. hands
2: off my shoulders.
1: Oh. Oh, but that's so sweet that, I mean, at least she knows that it's her grandfather, you know, that's still around letting them know yes. that, that he's there. He's okay. He's still whistling Dixie, so there you go.
2: Yeah, that's so cute. I always love that when it's like, I knew it was them because it was like...
1: I know. Um,
2: their, like, little sound or their smell, like, that I knew it was them. Like, that's so sweet.
1: That is so sweet. Thank you so much, Mina, for sharing your stories uh-huh. and your family's stories. I mean, talk about family ghosts. Yeah, girl, sell that oh, house. I know, sell that house, you know, don't tell the next generation in your family, just like, just brush it under the rug, why not? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have another recording that was sent in. This is from Natalie Reynaga. So Natalie um, said that she has a couple stories in relation to the Linda Vista Hospital. So if you heard our recent episode of the Spanish Influenza in LA in 1919, and the haunting of Linda Vista Hospital. Um, she said that there's a lot of connections um, from other people that she knew have either been on the property, which is now Hollerback Terrace, that right. have had some unusual experiences. And not only that, I'm gonna read you this message that this one individual sent, T-R-H Cabana 3, via our Instagram. And this was a really cool little little tidbit, little story that, um, They mentioned to us after we posted, so um, according to this user, I know someone whose employer used Linda Vista Hospital as a training location. They said it was no joke, haunted. The ghosts were for real and were not playing. The person person I know is a police officer, and the the department he works for used Linda Vista as a location to train on how to do building searches.
2: Oh, my God.
1: Oh yeah. That's, that's intense. So he said every single person got the shit scared out of them the night they were there. It got so, oh, it got so bad that after a few hours the training was called off.
0: So <laughs> there you
1: have it. There you have it. I mean, there's proof right Whoop. there. There's a lot of people that, that, you know, either grew up around Boyle Heights or, you know they grew up around here in LA County, and they just know about the stories connected to Linda Vista. Like that was the one of the top five locations that you knew was for legit, like crazy, weird, yeah. and haunted. So according to Natalie, uh, she ended up recording her story. <laughs> she, mentions, yes. she mentions in her email after three cups of wine and 300 recordings, I finally recorded my story. I am honestly very bad at recording voice messages, so sorry if I sound weird. No. Ago. You don't sound weird girl. I mean, I felt weird listening to this tale because it was fucking creepy. It was really scary. I have more stories if you like from a haunted bar in Los Angeles, please send it our way to a full on apparition of a woman in white at a cemetery by gravity hills. Pacoima. No way. So I also have lived in a haunted house for quite some time. I think that's something like if you're Hispanic, that's something that you just have to go through in life. Like you got to have, you know, the fear instilled inside of you with the fear of the chancleta or the chancla or la faja and a fucking haunted house, man. I feel like a lot of my Hispanic friends (laughs) like grew up in some sort of a haunted house. So, um, I live really close to Andre's Pico adobe house, and I also have stories of the park across the mission. I also had a vivid dream, or a vivid dream encounters with loved ones that have passed on. Thank you so much for your time. Keep up the amazing podcast, and thank you for getting me through my work day. Much thank love. You. Of course, you're very welcome. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, P.S., I forgot to mention that the basement of Holland Terrace, a.k.a. Linda Vista Hospital, was once the famous boiler room. I honestly don't know if if it's still a boiler room, but it is rumored to be extremely haunted. As, you know, per our last episode, we did have Mm -hmm. that story of the security guard that claimed to have seen bodies stored there. And someone told me that I think it was the crematorium that was in the boiler room. They had the little crematorium oven where they would put the bodies through to, you know, submerge him into ashes. That was something that was told to me. Um, So that was most likely the case of why he would have seen a residual of these bodies mounted up because they were being ready for cremation. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then in the story, she'll go into detail about an odd elevator that would go straight down to the boiler room. And um, yeah. So here is her story of the Linda Vista Hospital and other tales that others that she knew or currently know have had other experience in that same location. So here is Natalie's story.
0: This is my story about the Linda Vista Hospital. Three years ago, I used to work for a pharmacy that used to prescribe and deliver medication to a convalescent slash elderly apartment complex called Hollenbeck Terrace. So one night, as I'm working my shift, I get a call from the supervisor letting me know that one of the drivers wasn't able to make his route to deliver medication to Hollenbeck Terrace, and that he was gonna need a volunteer from the pharmacy to go deliver that medication because the patient was in con- is in constant pain and needs the medication fast. So the nice person that I am, I volunteered to deliver these medications. As soon as I get to the facility, my jaw drops when I noticed that Hollenbeck Terrace is the former Linda Vista hospital. In awe I pulled up to the driveway and in order to get through into the parking lot you have to sign in with the security so they let you through so that the lever can go up so the security approaches my car and he asks me where i'm from and why i'm there and i let him know that i'm from a pharmacy and that i'm there to deliver medications for so and so patient and i show him my id and my badge And he just looks at me, gives me this weird nod, and just presses the button. Then the lever goes up, and I just proceed to park. As soon as I park and I get out of my car, I notice a man running towards me, waving his hands in the air. And I think to myself, how weird. He then proceeded to ask me how I entered the facility. And I let him know that the security in the front signed me in, checked my credentials and let me come in and that I was from a pharmacy to deliver medication. The look he gave me was a look I've never seen in my life before. Like he'd seen a ghost. He literally just like stood there, didn't say anything for five seconds and later told me that he was the only security on that shift that night. As soon as he told me that, I got this weird feeling that I can't explain. And it's this feeling I always get when I know something's about to happen or when something isn't right. I turned around and looked where the security was at and there was nobody there. That has to be the second most scariest paranormal encounter I've ever had in my life. After that, I was, like, really curious to know, like, what else has happened there? So I can, I continued to ask, like, every day, these drivers, like, oh, have you guys ever experienced anything at Hollaback Terrace? And many of them would tell me yes, but then they that they didn't want to talk about it. And I have a feeling because they had to, you know, later on go and deliver to this place and they don't want to experience anything. But one of the drivers told me one of his stories that one night on his shift to Hollenbeck Terrace, he experienced something very weird with the elevator. He said that as soon as he got to the facility, he had to get to the fourth floor. So he decided to take the elevator because obviously it's the fastest way to get there. So he said as soon as he entered the elevator, he pressed the fourth floor button. And the door shut, but the elevator didn't move. And he just kept pressing the fourth floor button more than ten times, he said. And that immediately the elevator started to head down. And he thought, how weird, because I'm trying to head up, not down. So he thought maybe someone in the basement had ordered the elevator. As soon as the elevator stopped and the doors opened, he noticed that he was in the basement and that everything was pitch black and that there was no one there. He automatically didn't feel right. And he just immediately started pressing the close button and the fourth floor button. And he said after 15 seconds, the doors closed and automatically went up to the fourth floor. He delivered the meds, went to the lobby, and got the hell out of there. These two stories I'm about to tell aren't my stories, but they're stories that happened to two people that I personally trust with all my heart because I've, I have personally experienced paranormal phenomenon with them. The first story Is about my ex-boyfriend. He was born and raised in Boyle Heights. And when I found that out. I automatically asked him. Oh my god. Do you know about the Linda Vista Hospital? And he said yes. Of course I do. We used to break into. That abandoned hospital all the time. You know. To do graffiti and party. And do what teenagers do. So. I asked him, did you ever experience anything like, you know, paranormal, like ghosts? And he told me that he actually did experience something, but that he doesn't like to talk about it because he just feels like you shouldn't talk about things like that. So I begged him to tell me, and he did, and this is his story. He said, on a Halloween night, him and his five other friends... Decided that they wanted to do something spooky, like they wanted to get scared. So they decided to break into the Linda Vista Hospital because of the stories they've heard from a fellow, you know, classmates and friends that have been there. So they wanted to see it for themselves. He said that at the time that they went in, The front door was actually open. So they didn't actually have to do much to get into the hospital. So he said as soon as they got into the hospital that they decided to go to different floors. And so the group broke up. He said him and his best friend and a girl went up to the to the second floor And the rest of the group stayed on the first floor. He said as soon as they got to the second floor, he just felt like the ambience changed. Like it was like he didn't feel right. Like he felt like something did not want him there and that he should automatically leave. But his friend told him, like, we've gotten this far. Let's just, you know, stay a little bit more and explore and then we could leave. And he was like, okay, he was convinced and he said, all right, we'll just be here for a little bit more. So they started walking down the hall to all these empty, you know, patient rooms. And he said that automatically they heard a noise from one of the rooms. And so because this building is abandoned, they automatically thought, oh, maybe it's a homeless person or, you know, another teenager just messing around. So they walked to the room and when they peeked and they shunned their flashlights because they had flashlights because it was that night that they had gone. um, They noticed that there was a wheelchair inside of one of the rooms, but the wheelchair was slowly moving like something was pushing it and they were automatically searching for some type of explanation in the room and they did not find anything when they noticed that they both took off from that room and they ran out of that hospital and he said that was the last time he ever went in there this second story is from another friend who as well with other friends broke into the linda vista hospital to experience something paranormal But this time, he said that they weren't able to enter the abandoned hospital through the front door. So, somehow, he said they found an entrance through the boiler room. And from in there, they went through the whole facility. And he said that they didn't experience anything. But he said as soon as they left the hospital and went across the street to the park he said he got this weird feeling, this weird like sensation, something inside of him telling him turn around turn around and he said when he turned around in one of the windows he saw a little girl in white just staring at him, he said her eyes were black and he said there were For a good 20 seconds exchanging eye contact. When he all of a sudden like snapped out of it and told his friend look. And when his friend looked and they both looked, it was gone. The weird thing about this is that as soon as he told me this, I started to look for information about the Linda Vista Hospital and, you know, ghost stories that people have told about that. Place. Well, allegedly, there's rumors of a, an apparition of a little girl that roams the hospital that once died on a surgical table. Well, that concludes my stories about the Linda Vista Hospital. I want to give a special thanks to Tammy and Bryce for letting me tell my story on their podcast. And I wish nothing but the best for them. And I wish nothing but positive vibes in these tough times. And just a big thank you so much. And keep up the good work. And thank you for the entertainment. Love you guys. Those are a couple of
1: crazy ass tales. But I can't believe that she may have possibly seen an apparition, and even communicated with an apparition of a security guard to direct her to go into the facility when she yeah, was making that Yeah, that was the part delivery. where I was
2: like, oh, uh, okay, so you're just going to, like, keep going like everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: right in there. Just right in there. All, all the security guards, if they fuck up, they know who to blame just blame it. the ghost. <laughs> What um, went wrong? Think,
2: yeah, it's so crazy too. Just like the escalation
1: mm-hmm.
2: of exposure, I guess, for lack of a better word, that like, mm. oh, like to see a full apparition is like so intense,
1: right? Because oh
2: not, yeah, I, I feel like that's not the norm.
1: It's not the norm, but it always happens to to those that are not looking for it, and that's something that I've noticed too. Like if you're not mm-hmm. looking for it, or you have no inkling of what's going on with the surroundings that you're in, then they are going to definitely show themselves to you. But I feel like Natalie might have some sort of a sensitivity, so who knows? But that place, it seems like another place that would definitely open you up if you are sensitive or embody certain gifts. So there are locations that can definitely do that to you, a.k.a. David Oman's house. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, and that's the thing, too, is like that balance of wanting something to happen can kind of dampen the exposure but also still like being open enough so that when things do happen you're not like dismissive of them it's like a very fine line
1: yeah it is I
2: feel like so many people have been like I really want something to happen and they like want it so bad and then it's like it
1: doesn't happen yeah yeah That's why I like going into a place not knowing the stories or the history of it. You know, I like going in not knowing anything. And that's something that I started doing these past couple of months. And that was something that I tried out at the Andres Pico Adobe. I told, yeah, "Yeah," because I just, I just didn't want, I just wanted to try it out for myself. I'm like, don't tell me anything. You know, just just let me feel, and I was like, "What is up with this room?" And sure enough, right. there's something attached to a specific room that I was feeling fuzzy in. So yeah, it's, yeah, I
2: think it's a good way to like test against like a constant.
1: Mm-hmm. But like the story of her of of her boyfriend and their friends that are breaking into a facility or a abandoned place like this to party and drink and you know.
2: Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Damage property.
1: They, uh, you know, they wanted to get spooked and they certain sure, they certainly got, you know, got what was coming to them. Like sometimes right. they're like, Okay, all right. You want you want you want to be scared? How about this? Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> I
2: mean, yes. Safety mm-hmm. first, maybe yeah. don't do illegal things.
1: <laughs> yeah. It also makes me wonder, you know, I know that this place was already haunted before. Right. Um, but you have these Teens coming in and they know that the place is haunted. I wonder if they've opened something else or allowed other things to come in because sure, you know, the
2: convergence of energy or something.
1: Yeah, the Becky with a Ouija board trying to like summon a spirit or a demon and doesn't know yeah. what the fuck he's doing. And then, great, you open uh, you know, the 10th circle as opposed to the ninth circle that's already right. Here, so, <laughs> so yeah, who knows if you're
2: going in without like arming yourself that can be a trick
1: mm-hmm.
2: gotta go in smart
1: yeah you gotta go in definitely prepared of course and knowledgeable and also respectful so those are things That's that a big one. yeah you have to always you know educate yourself on so now we have another story guys oh, this nice. is from our one of our big listeners josh matthews
2: hey Thank you, Uh, Natalie. Too, that was awesome, and good for you for overcoming your recording fears.
1: (laughs) You had it was such a great story, and thank you so much for recording. That you did a good job. Yeah. Please
2: keep all full body apparitions away. Thank (laughs) you Uh, you so much. I really appreciate
1: that. Before you deliver your the medication, excuse me, sir. But before I head over, is this place like haunted? Or I mean, on a scale of one to really fucking haunted, what is it? Just I just leave it on the
2: front doorstep and (laughs) run away. Like
1: some, like some of those videos of the Amazon workers that are just over it, they just like throw the package. And then
2: Ugh, our poor brothers and sisters <laughs> at Amazon. Ugh, those poor they take souls. a picture of them.
1: They're like, there's so many people in quarantine still buying shit that they don't need. Yes. Why? Yeah. I
2: don't do that, but I get it. We have to shop there for our work and it sucks. I hate it, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's shopping for essentials, but if it's non essential, then oh. don't do it. Ho, don't do Amazon. it.
2: Let me get the okay. ghost of Amazon here. Boop.
1: Oh, God. No. All right. So this one is about a haunted doll from New Orleans that needed to be repaired. Oh, so Josh, Josh Matthews repairs dolls. And um, this was a very interesting doll that he had to repair for a family. So this is oh. how his story goes. And it's freaking creepy. All right. Okay, so what happened? What had happened was about 12 years ago, I was contacted by a family from New Orleans who sent me a doll that they wanted me to repair. He was about 150 years old. The family said, Old, he got years. The family said they wanted me to. Uh, restring the doll, make her a new wig, because her hair had uh, disintegrated over time, and reset her eyes and just generally clean her up. They said that she was very dirty, so I said, fine. We agreed upon a price, and in about a week or so, I had the doll in my hands. Uh, After I opened the box, I was really surprised to see a doll that was completely filthy, like she had been through hell and back, her eyes were uh, dislocated. Her hair was completely shredded and her body was in pieces. So they wanted me to use the original hair that was in the box. It was very, yeah, it was just like, you know, some random weave from what he thought it was very dirty and very old. And I had to wash it, steam it clean and separate it and make a whole new wig girl. You could definitely get some paper if you work with the queens, if you know what I mean and know, will snatch that wig. Well, as I was working on the doll for the next few weeks, I started noticing weird things happening around our house. Things would go missing. We would hear things, and when I would go into my doll room or my work room, things were moved around. I know it wasn't me, and I knew it wasn't my ex. He never went in there. He was kind of freaked out by all the dolls, LOL. Trust me, I'll, there's some men that would be totally freaked out with certain dolls. Others, not so much. I didn't think much. Uh, of oh. <laughs> I didn't think much of it. I just figured I absentmindedly moved things. Well, one day we went out to dinner and we came back and our house was trashed. All all her magazines and books were torn to pieces. All of our clothes and stuff were thrown all over the place. We called the police and they couldn't oh, find no. Anything there, there was no signs of any anyone breaking into the house or anything they thought it may have been a pet. But we did not have any pets. So at this point, I was really freaked out. And I even told my ex, I think we might have a spirit here. Uh, he is a non-believer where I am a bit of a sensitive, I believe. Well, we cleaned up everything and we went to bed later that night. I woke up and because i'm a a light sleeper and had a hard time falling asleep so i got up and i was sitting in my living room working on the doll again and i just asked myself out of curiosity i said if there is someone here please let me know (laughs) oh girl you're tapping into that hotline uh let me know you don't have to leave just don't let me see you i'm fine hearing you i just don't want to see you and please don't destroy my stuff well nothing happened for another week god this is like bringing me flashbacks of my ex like are you here please i don't want to see you just don't touch yeah. me just leave. Oof. <laughs> my ex and i were on our way to las vegas and we had a wonderful time came home and our house was once again destroyed but this oh, time no. it was much worse they didn't just tear up books and magazines they messed everything up in my doll room everything was thrown about nothing broken luckily, but everything was thrown. So I got very upset and I started yelling up the spirit saying how upset I was, how we made a deal. I thought only the only thing that was not damaged or messed up or thrown around was the doll I was yeah, working awful. on. So I put two and two together and realized that it was the doll that was sent to me by the family. By this time I had finished the doll. I had contacted the family so they could pay me and so I could send the doll back to them. Well, they ghosted me, no pun intended. I could not get a hold of them for over two months and during this two-month period. Everything was happening in our house. I started getting really interested in the spirit world and I put uh, baby powder on our TV stand in our kitchen and in my doll room. And lo and behold, one morning I woke up and there were teeny, tiny little footprints. There were two footprints on my TV stand And there were a couple of footprints in my doll room. I decided I was going, this is freaking me out. (laughs) I, I decided I was going to email the family once again. And this time I finally heard back. Oh, thank God. I heard back from one of the children. I think her name was Sarah Beth or something. Anyway, she contacted me and told me she's so sorry. She didn't want the doll back, but she paid me. She said that they were very afraid of the doll. And then I found out the whole true story. That's of
2: <clears throat> shady. They fucking lie. I it know. All, damn.
1: Oof. Just can you I don't know, like Amazon Prime, can you send the doll back? Just send it back to the to the
2: you Here, Sarah Beth. No ma'am.
1: <laughs> so I know. It, it's a person with two first names. There's your mistake right there. Look, uh the, someone's <laughs> been,
2: I get it. I haven't been called my my one name ever by my family.
1: The doll I had repaired was from a grave Oh uh, my god. Stop. Of a little girl. It was her great great aunt who died when she was four years old from Scarlet fever, and the family entombed her with her doll. Well, when Hurricane Katrina hit, the family had to move the body so they could rebuild the grave and when they did, they found the doll and they sent her to me to fix up. They're going to keep it. Yes. Yeah.
3: Fuck.
1: Yeah. You were six degrees of separation from a corpse right there. So. (laughs) No way. They they were going to keep it as a family heirloom. But before they sent it to me, they noticed that their pets, the dogs and cats were freaking out over um, the dog and the pets would not go into any of the rooms that the doll was in and they would growl and bark. So they were going to try to pass her off onto me. Nice huh? I know, fucked up. Turns out that the hair I used, oh, this is, oh, God. No, no. Turns out that the hair I used to make it was the wig, girls. yeah, that I used to make for the new doll was actually the hair of the great, great, great aunt or cousin. Yes, I used a dead person's hair to make the doll uh, a wig. I did not know this at the time, of course, until the family told me. I was beyond outraged. I told them I was not keeping the doll, I made them pay me for this trouble. And I made them pay me a little bit extra for all the torment that they had put me through. I gave them. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Get that paper girl. I gave them the advice of putting the doll back in the tomb. Maybe that would help stop things. I never heard back from them again, but luckily for me, once I sent the doll back, everything at my ex's house had completely calmed down. I'd never seen or heard her again, but I have worked on many other dolls that had, Someone or something attached to them. Sorry if I was rambling a little too much or too long. Gosh.
2: You reacted way calmer. I would have been furious. If anyone (laughs) sends me, I'm going to be very clear. If anyone sends me a fucking piece of haunted or cursed memorabilia, I will come and find you and I will burn your house to the ground. Like, (laughs) I don't care if quarantine or not. That is so fucked up. And to lie about it.
1: Oh, oof. oh, especially a doll from new Orleans. You don't know what comes out of new Orleans, petty people, Dixie beer and a whole lot of crazy shit. Man. Tell
2: someone that it's human hair. Ugh.
1: I would feel like, I don't know for me. Cause I used to work for, I used to work in style with wigs a lot when I was right. in, um, when I was in grad school and you could tell the difference between like synthetic and real hair. Or maybe just a really good, good, you know, wig, but ooh, not from
2: a grave. I, would,
1: I know. If everything ooh. was dirty, bless bless his heart for like doing what he did for the doll. You think the doll would have calmed down and been like, oh, thank you, girl, from the for the glow up. But still, like
2: Oof, you took it, it out like,
1: of a tomb, yeah. <laughs> you took oh. it out of an They thought, well, our auntie or our great cousin wouldn't mind. No, they would mind.
2: No. Once it, it's it, in the tomb... Y'all gotta leave that in the tomb.
1: Yeah. You, My mom's
2: dad was buried, and they accidentally forgot to take his cufflinks off. So he's, like, buried uh, with them. And I mom's like, oh, I really wanted you to have them. Like, no. we were gonna, like, exhume the body and get them. I was like, let me... Let me just stop you right there. Let's just keep those with Poppy. It was meant to be, like, they need to stay with him. Yeah. I'm not exhuming him for cufflinks. First of all, as I mentioned, I'm in a crop top and sweatpants. I do not need cufflinks, <laughs> and I definitely don't need Haunted. So, like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> what would be... Would that be your the outfit of choice that you would want to be mar- buried in Is your crop top and sweatpants?
2: no buried i actually refuse to be buried i already made my one roommate like swear on our friendship she will be cremating me on a pile of books and dumping my ashes in a river
1: (laughs) mia here's mia mia she's just like what is going on
2: she's she's here to help with the funeral pyre
1: she's been so yeah no she's she's been so needy today mia do you have anything you want to say I'm the, the mic. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of dogs, we just interviewed, I just interviewed my cousin Jasmine a ah. few days ago. So if you guys remember from our past listeners tales, I shared her story of ghost dog Mickey and the story of her haunted house in New Orleans with ghost Bob. So she, I think a month ago, month or two ago, when I went back to New Orleans to visit family, she mentioned to me, that while living in Chicago, she got this job, just one office, and she and other workers were stating that they were feeling something unusual in that office. And you know, I mean, another city that is pretty haunted is also Chicago, so. Oh yeah, so um, here is my interview with Jasmine. She's going to share her stories of New Orleans, especially an apartment that she ended up renting in an area called Lakeview, Post-Katrina, that had some unusual activities. And the story of her job in Chicago is sort of paranormal, but it goes to show you that you shouldn't pan off everything 100% to the paranormal. So right. here's my here's my interview with Jasmine.
3: Hey, I'm Jasmine. I'm Tammy's cousin. Um, I live in Chicago. I'm a massage therapist and a pastry chef. Ooh,
1: much- woo
3: pretty boring right now.
1: Yeah, uh, things are a little slow, apparently. (laughs) Just a little.
3: Just just a little bit, you know. Yeah. I haven't left my house in 10 days, but it's fine. Everything's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how long have you been in Chicago so far?
3: Uh, It'll be two years in September.
1: Awesome. So you're also, like myself, originally from New Orleans, and we have a lot of listeners that love new orleans they love it when we talk about new orleans so let's jump into the first story that i shared to our listeners about your house oh (laughs) yeah the famous ghost bob so um so tell us you know from your standpoint because i remember you shared this the story with me on my birthday and that was a pretty awesome gift because i got to share it with everyone else but you know from your point of view your experiences. Tell, you know, tell me and all of our listeners, like, what happened.
3: For sure. So, when we got the house, I was probably, like, in fourth grade. And Mm -hmm. I remember the old lady that sold us the house. She sold it specifically for us because we were a new family and she wanted it to be, like, a family home. Um, Her husband, Bob, was the (laughs) one who (laughs) um, did the extension of the house. So... You know, he put a lot of blood, sweat and tears in that house for sure. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if he died in there or not, but for sure, whenever we're like, um, especially like me, whenever I'm like laying on my bed with my, my door open or anything along those lines, like you see that like, it almost looks like a shadow at the hallway just staring in front of my door. And that's like something I remember since like living there. It's just, like, always, like, if I left the door open and I'm, like, watching TV, I'm on my bed, I always felt like someone was just staring into the room. Um, And when you look, obviously, like, it's not the air kind of thing. Um, And then, like, the whole, like, staring at you. Like, you know, like, you know when someone's staring at you. You you could just feel it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And (gasps) so I remember when I'm, like, trying to go to sleep, I would turn, I would sleep towards the wall, and I would just, like. Feel it beaming, and I would just be like, "Not now, Bob." I'm <laughs> you don't um, fuck with Jasmine. Sleep. That was <laughs> that's true. that was a big
1: rule in the house. <laughs>
3: I hate it so much. So I never felt unsafe, though. It never felt. I never felt scared. I guess it was almost kind of comforting because my parents and my sister always went out of town for soccer, and mm-hmm. I would always pretend that I was staying at someone's house, and then I just stay at home and try to, you know, have parties or something. (laughs) But when I was there alone, I always felt like just someone was in the house, at least with me. So that was always very comforting, which is kind of weird. It's still to this day, I go home and I still feel it when I'm like in my room. Wow. And it's it's always just like what's up, dude? Like long time, hola, <laughs> Bob. <laughs> um, oh, <love>, <laughs> right? We I used to tell my poor friends when we were um, when I had like birthday parties that he was buried in the backyard, <laughs> but he was always like the friendly ghost. Like he was super he was, chill. He
1: was not threatening at all. It was just no, like
3: no, I don't think like even like um like my obviously like my dad would never say that he believes in ghosts. Like that's not a thing, but. Mm -hmm. I remember he was sleeping in our, like, what is now my pastry room, but was the computer room. And he was, like, sleeping there because my mom always sleeps with the TV on and he hates it. So he would always go to sleep there. And he heard his name and he freaked out and, like, ran to the room. And so, like, I, I was just talking to my mom about this and he's he will say it, too. He'd be like, I don't know. It woke me up. It was my name. And I got up and I just like went into my room, just because I didn't want to be alone. Um, and that was the part where he actually extended the house; he built that part. Um, oh yeah, so that, that little st- tiny room by the kitchen. I remember. Yes, and exactly.
1: Ashley and I would go and spend the night. We would always sleep in that room. It was just yeah, the extra room.
3: Twin size bed.
1: <laughs> was it a male voice or a female voice that called yeah, out his name?
3: I think- I think for him it was a male if I'm not mistaken. I don't I don't know entirely. Um it was enough to wake him up from his sleep though and to, like get him to go back into the room with my mom. <laughs> He's like screw this. I'm not even. And it's like full of windows too, so I'm sure it's even yeah. here. Um but I don't know. I don't know if like Phoebe ever felt it. I feel like maybe but who knows? Phoebe was always like wild child
1: back then. I remember she said she was studying uh, when she, you when you were telling me the story. She kind of chimed in and said, "Yeah, there was this one evening I was studying and I kept on seeing someone walk back and forth past my room." Yeah. And uh, she said it was really late, like because you know Phoebe too is also like a night owl, and yeah. she said it was like around two thirty three a.m. and she kept on seeing like a figure walk past like, her door, and she yeah. had, like, her door kind of cracked and open. Our doors
3: are right across from each other.
1: Exactly. And at first, she thought, oh, it's probably either, you know, your mom and dad or dad going to the bathroom, but she said it was, like, it was constant. It was this constant movement, and she actually got up to check who it was, and there was no one there. Everyone yeah. was, like, asleep in bed, so that was another... Chilling story that she shared. Uh, did your mom ever experience anything, or she that was like
3: sleeps like hours a day? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I don't think she's never told me anything about it. Um, she, I don't know if she even believes in any of it, but I think it's also just like kind of comforting to know that like we we're not scared, and so mm-hmm. she doesn't care. Like she's just like whatever. It's your house too. Like it's yeah.
1: Did it? Um, did he ever appear, or did anyone outside of the family feel Bob? Because I remember, like, we would Ashley I, and I would always spend a night there. We never felt I or feel seen like anything. Maybe Phoebe's husband
3: at one point might have mm-hmm. felt something, just because when they lived with us for a bit, um, he was alone a lot of the time too. So maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we ever really talk about it anymore. It's not something that like. Is like, it's just, he's just there. And he's just chilling with us. Sometimes he annoys me. But I mean, like, it's, it's <laughs> so like, I would love to just like, take a glance and actually catch him one day. But mm-hmm. it's, it's very like, you just see the figure. You see a male figure. But when you turn, it's like, well, show me already
1: (laughs) right I think you remember telling I remember you telling me that Mickey you thought that Mickey saw him and he would growl at him and he woke you up
3: bark at nothing but stare in the direction of the hallway and so (gasps) that was like always a thing with Mickey too but like I mean obviously towards the end he was like deaf so he didn't hear anything by the end but Mm -hmm. Mickey would always just bark for no sound. And we're just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you barking all the time? Um, <laughs> and we would always be in the direction of the door, of the hallway. And this is like when we're all sleeping, too, to where like, I mean, you can tell the difference between like my dad walking to the bathroom and just there's no noise. And we're like, well, what's going on? Like, why are you barking? There's literally no reason. Um, but he would always bark right at the hallway. Mm-hmm. So... He's a little bastard too <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you felt that you know he would linger more in the hallway and in that uh, extension that extra For room sure. Even yeah also
3: because our den is the extension as well mm-hmm. so like when we first walk into that dining room and everything that we always like party in and everything like that that's all the extension of the house that wasn't there when he bought it um it ended at the it started in the kitchen backwards and so everything else from the like living room on is all attached stuff but um he would even in like watching tv and stuff it's that like feeling when absolutely no one's in the house and it's just me and it's that feeling of just like someone standing behind and you would look and you're just like all right like you're just watching tv with me then like that's totally cool but -hmm. like it's always been everywhere in the house I think the only time I don't feel it and I really like and I used to get really scared sometimes when I actually was staying by myself that I would sleep in my parents room and that's where I never felt it
0: so I never felt
3: it in my my parents room which was the master bedroom Mm -hmm. so so whenever they would go out of town and if I like freak myself out for watching like some dumb scary movie or something like that (laughs) I'll go I would go sleep in my parents bedroom and like lock the door, but I never (laughs) felt anything there. It was always just the hallway. It was always like if I was in the den watching TV there, I would feel it. And then like, of course, in my room. And then apparently Phoebe too.
1: That'd be funny that you would say that because I remember when we would spend the night and you know Ashley would retire early or you So oh, yeah. <laughs> like it would, it would always be either you and I or you or me and Phoebe and one of us would always fall asleep on the couch but I remember like there are times where I would turn around thinking someone's in the kitchen yeah but I, I never would think oh it's a ghost or something but oh, I always felt like I, I would always think I would hear like oh someone's probably getting water and I turn around mm-hmm. I'm like oh well no one's there that's weird okay well back to yeah. Back to HBO, you know. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's that's all that I, I remember, like sensing, but never once and back did then, I think
3: like you, I guess like I didn't even know either. It was just yeah. something that like I was like, well, this is weird. Like I don't know mm-hmm. if I even believed in ghosts back then. So it's like, or you know, any type of spirit. Like
2: mm-hmm. there's
3: just it was just like, oh, that's Bob. Like that's it. That was Bob. <laughs> I have, like have you ever had any other, uh, ghostly experiences in New Orleans? Yes. So we lived, um, me and my roommate lived in Lakeview, which is like, I guess like the richer part of New Orleans, but it was right after Katrina. I'd say it was probably like, how old was I? I was probably 20. Yeah. I was 20 cause I turned 21 in that apartment mm-hmm. and it did get flooded, but the top floor didn't. Um, Our landlord really didn't tell us much after that on, like, who was in the building, what happened or anything like that. It was just, like, super cheap to rent a really nice, like, three-bedroom townhouse for Mm -hmm. two girls that are, like, barely working. Um, And in my room, it was always my room, and my friend didn't believe me until I moved out. But in my room, it was, you know, just like a light switch. Like, it wouldn't, you wouldn't think anything of it my lights would turn on in the middle of the night every single day and like we got it checked out and like nothing was wrong like I asked the landlord I was like hey is there like an electrical thing because like my light turns on every day in the middle of the night probably I don't know when in the middle of the night because I'm usually sleeping but I wake up to my lights turned on and at first I was like oh it's my friend like what is she trying to do um but every day and I would tell my friend this and she's like you're You're full of crap. Like, this isn't true. This and that. And then when I moved out, she had to move into my room so that her family can live, like, in the rest of the apartment. And she texted me, like, literally the night that she stayed in there. And she's like, oh, my God. The lights just turned on. No way. And you're just like, wait. Like, why is the light turning on randomly in my apartment? My room was the coldest room always. (gasps) It was, like. You know, New Orleans heat and it's like my room was always freezing and always the lights. It's always just the lights always turned on. I wouldn't say every day, but it was
0: like
3: it was more than like three to four times a week for sure. It was just constant and every day I would just like go and turn them off. Like, in the, like, by 6 in the morning, I'm turning off the lights because I'm, like, I, I still got, like, an hour of sleep left. Again, it's always with sleeping, man. They always like to mess with me. Um, <laughs> so because they know. They know they could get a rise out of yeah. you. They're, like, ha, watch this. We're going to wake right? her up. <laughs> but then that was it. And then the other – how many apartments have I lived after that? Three apartments that I lived in New Orleans um, and in Metairie, I really – Either I didn't pay attention or it just nothing really came from it. Um, so I don't know, except, you know, the whole like pug thing in my oh. city. But
1: <laughs> well, let's segue into that. So you told me a very beautiful story that I was able to share with our listeners. I want to say one or two listener stories before. And in regards to Mickey, so tell our listeners a little bit about Mickey. And I don't
3: know about beautiful story. He's it's a amazing. pretty story. It's, it's great
1: because it shows that they always come back to check on you or they're always yeah. there. But Mickey, um, in, in the way he did it, was not a graceful way. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. But in the best way ever at the same time. Mickey was a punk. Though I never call him Mickey, so it's very weird that I'm saying that. I just call him the pug. But, um, yeah, (laughs) I got him when I was probably 16. I know it was on Halloween because I remember that's what I wanted. No, I was 15 because it was my quinceanera, and that's what I asked for. I asked for a pug. And we rescued this pug from one of my mom's friends um, who she worked with at the Fed, and they had just had like their second child, and they were just like, we, we don't know what to do with this pug. And so I took it when he was two, probably around two. Um, and he was the grumpiest pug you'll probably have ever known because pugs are <laughs> usually really like friendly and loving and, and hyper base. <laughs> like, and like, no, this Mickey hated everybody. Was grumpy <laughs> from the age of two, like just just the biggest brat. But you know, he lived a very long life. He traveled more than I think most human beings ever did. Um, <laughs> Katrina Gustav, <laughs> every type. He lived in a hotel for six months. Like the dude lived the life. Um, but towards the end, he started well. We kind of found out that he had, like, some type of brain issue, even at a young age. Um, but my doctor was like, if it's cancer, if it's something, like, it's so expensive, it's, you might as well just leave it and see how long it lasts. Um, But, you know, he lived a really good life. But towards the end, whenever we would sleep, he couldn't control his bowels very well. <laughs> and he would Sleep through, like just passing a little nugget. <laughs> it's it just like a little nugget would always come out of his little butt. And we're sleeping, and I would wake up to the smell of crap. And I'm like, God. And I would search for this little poop nugget that's in my bed somewhere that I've been sleeping with all night. <laughs> and like, this was like a daily thing for him because I mean, no. by, then, like, <laughs> by then he was like 15. 14 15 and like he was just an old man by then um and uh, we would always have to hunt for it it wasn't just with me it was with like my mom when he spent the night there because he was never left alone by Mm -hmm. the end and it was just like a hot mess so when we did have to put him down we put him down at my parents house and um you know I went back to my other apartment I'm seven months later, I moved into my mid-city apartment. So he had never even been in that apartment. It was probably like day three and I had just moved in. I just got my bed in. I'm like putting all my sheets in and everything. So like there should never be a from eight months ago, you know, like, (laughs) no way. And I just remember going to sleep and like turning around because I never really slept well in that apartment. And when I, like, turned, I got this whiff. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, where is this? That smells like Mickey's poop. I was like, where is this? So I woke up, turned on the lights, ripped my bed in, like, I just needed to see if it was, like, lingering somewhere and nothing. And I just, in my mind, I was like, if this is the way he greets himself to let me know he's chilling, it's the worst way possible (laughs) like out of all the things you make me smell your crap one last time like (laughs) god I was so mad oh my god I love this door (laughs) so (laughs) mad because like I just like am up and just like am furious because like I think that was like a day that I didn't have to go into work and that's when I was working those 4 a.m shifts at the bakery (laughs) and I was just like why now like why am I this smell and I couldn't get it out and it just went away like I think after I passed out again I was just like, screw it if it's in here I'm just sleeping with it um, <laughs> I am used to yeah. it by this point yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a good it was a good I called my mom and I told her and we just like laughed about it and I think that was like the first time we actually laughed. Instead of, like, I, I think I cried for an entire year about that dog. Um, of course, yeah. He just, was- like, anytime I was, like, laying in bed, like you know, he would hate you. He hated everybody, especially, like, if we left him for more than two hours, he would hold a grudge. So he wouldn't want to stare at you or cuddle, but he needed to touch you. And so, like, he would just put his butt right in my stomach, but, like, point outwards because he hated me for like, <laughs> leaving him for two hours. Um and I, like, missed it all the time. And so I think that was his little, like, haha, Like, here I am. Um, <laughs> that little asshole. Laugh, and he made my mom laugh. And that was really nice. Um, but it's kind of crazy because, like, we haven't gotten anything from him. But also, Michael, my niece, was born two years to the same day that we had to put him down. Oh, wow. Crazy. And almost like in the same hours, too. So that day is very bittersweet. Like, I'm just like, oh, I miss my pug. But you gave us, you know, the coolest little girl in the world. uh, So we don't get too mad anymore. It's not like a sad, celebrating does she poop mother. a
1: lot too? Does she poop a lot? <laughs> she does poop a lot right
3: now. <laughs> She's a poopy girl. <laughs> Aww. But yeah But you so you, cool. you
1: have this ashes too. You're telling me you have it I in a cake. I <laughs> do. I still
3: have them. Um they're in my cake room. They're in the little room that the guest room that everyone sleeps in. Um and they're just there waiting to become diamonds. I'm I just need to afford. You know, a couple grand to make him into a diamond. Oh <laughs> Eventually, we'll get there. Every time I go home, I'm like, "What a pug!" Like, soon, soon mm-hmm. you're gonna be on my finger. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the but life. He's yeah,
1: still gonna live the
3: life as a diamond in his exactly, <laughs> going to Live the rest of your life as a diamond. So now you- it kind of seems fitting because we we nicknamed my niece when she was still in my sister's belly diamond which is kind of weird I'm just turn around about that <laughs> the synchronicities of a
1: lot of things we discussed it yeah now you have another story that wasn't 100 percent paranormal but it just goes to show you how you should really check things in your oh, work yes. environment yes. in your home. Yes, and I've heard the story before i've 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 heard it happen to other people, and um uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what happened?
3: Yeah, so um I started a job a little less than a year ago um, as a massage therapist, and this building is a very old building. It used to be a Swedish bakery prior to us um. And, you know, we, they moved in, they had it going and then they had a bad turnover. And like all of these new people came in and we all came in and all of us started like feeling things, hearing things, like everything that has like creepy basements, which I'm not used to basements at all. mm mm-hmm. um, and I never went down there because it freaked me out. Because I'm like, mm, there's like bad juju down there. Like, I feel it. Like, the moment you open that door, you're like, something evil is in that bat- in that basement. I uh, was <laughs> Like, I'm not going down there. Um, and just like a bunch of weird things started happening to one of our chiropractors, to our acupuncturist, um, me. And like, finally, like, other people were like, feeling it too. And we were just like, there is multiple entities just in this place and we don't know why when I was like in the middle of massage um, we were just like talking because usually the types of massage that we give are very clinical and so they're a little more painful so I usually talk to people to kind of distract them from me putting an elbow in their back and all of a sudden we're like talking and something just drips on our table and we like look up, and it, at first I was like, well, maybe I spit. Like, I was like, what is going on? But she was just like, oh, she looked up too. And I was like, okay, so you felt it too, right? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, what was that? And we we're looking up, like thinking like there was water dripping. And we finished the massage. I like went out, I talked to my manager, and I was like, hey, I was like, I think there might be like a little water leak. I was like, water spilt on us. We got on like the table to check the ceiling, and like, there was, it was dry. And she was just like, what is going on? She would go, she would never be in that clinic because she's like, it's too weird in here. She's like, every time I come in here, I always feel like there's something else in this building. And like, we would smell gas. But when we talked to the landlord, they would just say like, oh, it's just like natural gas. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. And we're like, I'm like, no, this isn't natural gas. Finally, someone came and was like, you have multiple gas leaks <gasps> in this basement, multiple. And like our air ducts are like coming from the basement. And so we were literally just being poisoned this entire time. And so finally, when they fixed it, after they like realized what was going on, and I think it was like three to four gas leaks in different pipes, um, they fixed it and like sent them anything it's been like very level-headed and in our minds we're like we're all of us literally hallucinating like yeah we were like having we were getting like poisoned throughout the day we were working like eight hours
1: there was there was a story that came out of Georgia in the 30s of a family that bought a it was like a plantation home and The couple would wake up every night and see what they claimed to have seen were, uh, you know, past slaves that worked on the property. And they would be really scared. And, And then they had asked, you know, people to come in and investigate. They couldn't find anything. And then finally someone came in and said, you actually have a gas leak. Oh, my gosh. In this house. And once they fixed it, the like everything, everything ceased, everything stopped. So it does create hallucinations. It does create the feeling of uh paranoia at times. So yeah, I mean that's what it created in your environment.
3: It's funny to see like a full like you know chiropractors who like believe in science only and this and that and like they're just like there are ghosts in here <laughs> like like she was freaking out more than I think any of us were cuz I'm like oh they're cool. Like I don't find like as long as I'm out in the basement I like never felt unsafe. But mm-hmm. I also like, I never feel unsafe with like spirits. Like, I'm just like, well, dude, they're here with us. Like, it's totally fine. Um, She, on the other hand, was like, they're out to get me. Like, it was. Uh, That's the paranoia. Yeah. yeah.
1: What would people see when they would hallucinate? Like, what would they say they would see? Well, or is it just her, more of a. She,
3: for her, she would be in her office and she would hear like, noises in, like, our, in our back rooms, in our massage rooms, and it would just sound like rattling of doors, which I even got that, too, because when I was in, in a massage with two different people, and it was funny, because one of them, she was going to Salem for her honeymoon, and we were talking about, like, witch trials and everything like that, and the door started rattling, and I went quickly to, like, try to, like, get whoever wasn't supposed to come in our you know, room to t- let them know that I'm, like, in here, but no one was there, but, like, she even, like, we all did this to, like, look to see who was about to open the door, and, like, that had happened, like, two or three times where it sounded like the door was, like, someone was trying to open the door, and that's what Ooh. she would hear, too, when she was in her office doing notes. Um, no one went in the basement. We all now go to the basement, but no one went to the basement back then because it just was, like, I mean that's where the leak was, but like, <laughs> yeah, we felt all of it really. It's like the moment you open that door, you just felt like something was wrong down there. Well,
1: um, there was definitely something wrong. Yes, you had four was. leaks, so sure, when you sure. go, so after the leak was discovered or the leaks, like now that you go downstairs, how is the
3: feeling? Oh, it's fine. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's. We talked to even like people who used to. um come to the Swedish bakery before it was us and like they never told the stories of like anything that could have happened there Mm -hmm. um so we were just like very confused like well are we bringing them with us like because I've heard that's a thing too like like I was like maybe Bob came with me like (laughs) like I don't know but um no it was nothing (laughs) literally nothing
1: It is turned literally to, it turned out to be natural gas. And with Mickey, it was his gas that woke you up. So
3: so (laughs) much gas. Yeah. So rude.
1: You would also tell me a little story. Um, I don't know if it was also brought on to the leak or if it could be something of a malfunction, but like you would tell me you would go into work and the doors would open by themselves for you. That was
3: it. Yeah. That was during that time. That was during. So when I always felt like the door rattle, it would open. And so it's never done it since then. So I don't know if it was me, Mm -hmm. like, seeing it. But, like, it was me and my patients, like, literally seeing the door open, which I know they did. There's no way that I just made that up. (laughs) Like, there's no way that I, like, hallucinated that much. Because I, like, went and closed the door. Um, But since the gas leak, it's never done it. So I don't know what happened
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, i'm wondering too like in in my you know opinion if these leaves can make you guys more sensitive if they trigger something in your psyche really? to really m- maybe m- make something manifest that's already been there yeah who knows who knows yeah. because i've never heard anything of a door rattling or anything moving when it came to people going through a a leak like that. And they would, I would always hear like hallucinations and the the feeling of paranoia. But uh, when it got to physical things like a door rattling or things shaking, I've never heard of any of those notes before. So that's pretty interesting. But who knows? Chicago is pretty haunted too. Chicago is very, very haunted. Chicago is
3: a lot of haunted, (laughs) yes.
1: have you experienced anything else in Chicago, like, in terms of Nothing. the paranormal?
3: Um, we were. I've been wanting to do a tour just to kind of see a little more. Like, even though I've been here for a little over a year, I still, <laughs> like, really haven't ventured into, like, really seeing Chicago. That was supposed to be this summer. But now that we're all stuck at home, like, right. who knows? <laughs> Because, like, I I always said, I was, like, last summer, it was kind of, like, my first summer in Chicago. I wasn't comfortable yet, and this time, like, finally comfortable. I have a really good group of friends to, like, venture, and now, so far, we haven't ventured, but it's all right. Um, So, yeah, eventually, I do want to get into, like, just, like, learning a little bit more of the history, because, you know, New Orleans was so much history that I still don't know about, but you know, just learning a little more about Chicago would be nice.
1: Yeah. I've been wanting to go back and, and do, like, a tour like that, too. I know they have a bunch of paranormal tours and yeah. ghost tours and stuff like that, so that'd be fun.
3: Yeah, especially because, like, I mean, like, you hear stories about, like, the Chicago fires. And yeah. then just, like, all together with, like, the whole mafia and mob thing and everything like that. Like, it just... Mm -hmm. There's a bar that apparently, like, Al Capone used to go to, like, all the time. Um, So that would be probably really interesting to check out, too. Um, But, yeah, I eventually we'll get there right um, <laughs> we will now that the gas leak is done and you're taking
1: a big break yes right. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much Jasmine for sharing your stories i'm sure we all enjoyed listening to your tales from new orleans and now chicago yes. so definitely let me and everyone else know if you ever have another story so great I'll <laughs> all right see you at
3: christmas <laughs> definitely <laughs>
1: So there you have it. Carbon monoxide can also be an option if yeah. you're if you're you think you're you're seeing something. It could be that you are seeing something or it could be that you're actually hallucinating. And this actually happened to a friend of mine in Milwaukee. She moved into a new apartment and she said that she doesn't know what happened. She just remembers she opened the door to receive a package and she fainted. She blacked Whoa. out. Yeah. But prior, before that happened, prior before her injury, she was injured. She fell face forward. Unfortunately, oh um, my God. she was saying that she was, she was feeling very paranoid in her apartment, that she started to see weird figures in her apartment. And she yeah. would inquire with me about these things because obviously I talk about right. them and know, Something about them. And I remember her, I remember telling her, Do you have a carbon monoxide uh, alarm in your apartment? Mm-hmm. And she said, No. And I told her, If I were you, I'd try to get one. Cause it just, I just had this feeling like it had to do with that. And sure enough, it was a gas leak. So <laughs> she was hallucinating. And that Jesus is something. Christ. Yeah. And that is something that happened with Jasmine and her job in uh, in Chicago oh. but I, I don't know what's what's the deal with the water she said that the water dripped from the ceiling that her and her client felt it but they don't know where it came from they don't know where it spit from and I told her I think you need to hire someone to go and look at that That yeah. may or not be paranormal I don't know but
2: made the possibility
1: yeah it could I mean could be something to do with the building it is very old who knows right. so yeah, but I feel like she's too, is a little bit sensitive because she oh. felt she felt Ghost Bob uh, mm. more so than her family. And then she moved into that apartment in Lakeview where that light was coming on and off. So who knows?
2: Damn.
1: Who knows? Yeah.
2: <laughs> a list of cities I can't go back to just keeps getting longer and longer. Bye, Chicago. I miss your deep dish pizza.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Chicago is very, very haunted. I love hearing stories out of Chicago, too.
2: Well, there's so much history there.
1: Oh, there's a ton of history. You know, you have that great fire. And then at the Goodman Mm -hmm. Theater, I think the Goodman Theater has some ghosts. And there's another theater that a friend of mine was telling me that um, had... It's separate from the great fire of Chicago, but something happened in the theater that something caught fire, and it killed like... Half of the of the theater goers that were there seeing a play. So.
0: Oh, my God.
1: He would tell me on his way to the Goodman, he would pass by this theater, and he would always get this really weird, spooky vibe whenever ever he would pass by it. So Oof. I'm trying to figure out the name of it. I'm going to have to contact him to get the name. But, uh. he to- yeah, he told me that story of that fire in that theater. If anyone who knows of that story or knows what I'm talking about, you can message us, too, to let us know. But
2: and yeah, it's a slice of deep dish pizza. Thank deep you.
1: dish pizza, I know. Along with that, and any good brew. Oof. Chicago got some good beer. I tell you. Yeah, that. I do. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So, what do you think about our story? Well, our it's just story. so
2: crazy because I think what struck me between the similarities of this story. And the previous stories, and you had actually just said it, which is so funny, because I was kind of thinking that too, is that the difference of someone who's, like, sensitive, but not maybe, like, pursuing that. So it's, like, Mm -hmm. it seems to me, as someone who knows nothing, like, what the hell do I know? But it does seem to me like your sister definitely has, like, a heightened awareness, but isn't maybe as, like, open to, like, the pursuit of that, where it's, like... I wonder if it like runs in your family or if it's like, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me.
1: I feel like it does. Like, even my sister and I talked about this. We feel that our grandmother had a lot of really? sensitivities. We felt it. Like, even growing up, we felt that there was something special about her. Sure. And uh, my grandmother, along with the rest of the, you know, individuals of our family, like, they're just God-fearing people, my grandmother sure. being one of them. And she would never, I us knowing that she would never bring herself to open herself a little more or pursue you know sure. pursue into a world like what we do well guys those are all of our stories it's I so just cute. want to say thank you to Josh Myra and Natalie and Jasmine thank you guys so much thank for you. sitting down with us and chatting with us taking the time to sit down record and taking the time to sit down and type these stories you know, for it's not- so sweet very very sweet thank you guys so much a big thank you to also zachariah the witch he gave me one amazing reading this past week i forgot to mention it in our last episode but he is doing readings guys uh half off or on a sliding scale and if you contact him on instagram at zachariah the witch or on his website www.zachariahthewitch.com and just message him he you know will definitely coordinate something with you but he did an amazing reading with me and he did my numerology and it was so on point and so precise and a lot of things made sense but yeah you know i i really enjoy sitting down with him he's just such an amazing human being and
2: he is like his energy Like, he and I were actually messaging, and I didn't do, like, a read or anything, but just, Mm -hmm. like, his words of, like, friendship and words of, like, wisdom were so comforting. He just has, like, the sweetest way of just, like, hey, it's just this, and you're like, oh, right, it is just that. Like, okay, cool. Yeah,
0: exactly. It
2: It was, he really spoke, like, words of peace into, like, a super chaotic situation. Yeah. Which is so, so kind and such, like, a good, like, you know, again, just, like, little small acts of, like, friendship and community and love in, like, this chaos is, like, how we're getting by. And it was just, I don't know. If you haven't followed him, y'all get on it.
1: Get on it. And it was so weird because after the reading, he mentioned, and I remember he made a post about this back in January, and he sent me the post that something was gonna happen. He called that's this so whole funny. thing out, and I mean, that's how legit he is. He's
3: yeah.
1: he's that you know on point with everything. So go stalk him. He's amazing. He's just like Bryce said. Like he's just a that, that person that you just want to listen to, and yeah, he'll he
2: make you feel stupid because no. you don't know stuff. Because I don't know anything.
1: And no, and
2: I, it's like condescending. He's so inclusive and he's so kind, and mm-hmm. I don't know, so legit.
1: Yeah. So. Also, um, we also want to say if you haven't caught up with your um, daily dose of Ghost Loop, then please tune in and watch our friends Chris yeah, Caleb and Matt Lytle I on mean. the first season of Ghost Loop on the Travel Channel. You can definitely find them out on Travel Channel Go as well. You can catch up with their episodes. Uh, I'm trying you to get a... I'm trying to get a hold of Chris Caleb because I want him to be on the show as well so we're trying to coordinate something with him and most of all thank you to all of our medical workers anyone who's yes. working for the police and the fire department paramedics you guys are fucking amazing thank you guys so much for everything yes. that you are doing during this crazy time and also to our essential workers for those working at drugstores, at grocery stores, for Uber Eats and other restaurants and eateries. Yeah. Thank you guys so so much. Every time you know we order something from a mom and pop shop around here that's doing curbside, we just guy we thank them so much and. I know. You know, it's it's just always good to support, you know, your community that way. And we we try to do it. You know, we're watching our budget, too. But we're like, we make it an effort like, okay, let's order something this week because the chef, a.k.a. me, needs a break from the kitchen.
2: Oh, I know that's right.
1: (laughs) Have you noticed that like your sink is now like overflowing with dirty dishes because that's all you can do is bake and cook. You can't really go out and do anything.
2: I've been trying to be. Good about it. I finally folded all my laundry today, thank God.
1: Oh, um, uh, Bryce, you're, you're growing up.
2: I know. <laughs> I like, I try and, every morning I just try and do all the dishes that I can just so they're like not, because it's so, the thing is, there's four of us and we all drink a uh. of liquid. Like, we all drink pots of coffee. Between the four of us, we go through two pots of coffee instantly. Like, as soon as we oh, are wow. off, we have
3: to.
2: we have to start brewing the second one right away. We all drink a ton of water because we're so healthy, and then they drink at night, and so it's like five glasses times four people every day. Like, oh god! <laughs> I'm the little girl from Signs.
1: <laughs> Everybody's leaving the glasses of water everywhere, but in Everybody. the end, in the long run, in the long run, it does help you guys out a lot
2: so there you go it does and i do like being near a young Joaquin phoenix but Mm -hmm. i just think it's a lot of dishes
1: (laughs) it is oh my god it is oh but here we are all right guys so just to let you guys know that we will be releasing an episode from the saturday night ghost club as a bonus for the rest of our listeners so, um, we decided, like, let's do that. Um, it's actually in relation to Is Our Job Haunted by the Ghosts of Charlie Chaplin Part 2. I got yes. to meet the other roommate. Uh, yeah, I got to meet Jolene. Uh. So, um, so Jolene is is very sensitive. Like, she is Haley Joel Osment from The Sixth Sense. Like, she literally sees dead people. Yep. And it's, they come to her and she has a story that she almost got really emotional telling me it's a story of a firefighter that came to her post-death that appeared to her the way he died so it wasn't very pretty and it's very creepy and it's a great story but um, she's one of the roommates of uh, 101 of that haunted apartment in that a dormitory. So you definitely don't want to miss that episode. We'll be posting that one the following week. So you guys get your creepy on, all right? Stay healthy, stay safe, and yes. stay sane. But most of all, stay Holly weird. Um, and we'll keep these episodes going and rolling because we have nothing else to do besides Bryce um, watch Drag Race. Yeah,
2: up, um, good for me. <laughs>
1: I've been binge uh, watching Ghost Hunters like crazy. And of course, I'm um, trying to find more content for our episodes, guys. So, so we hope that you guys stay Holly Weird, okay? Bryce, do you yeah. have anything else you want to say? Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Much love and take care. Yeah. Holly Weird Paranormal Podcast was made possible by our patrons. Thank you guys so much for donating each and every month. Your donations go towards our hosting site that hosts our podcasts, along with the equipment that is used to produce it. So in other words, you guys are Loki, Hollywood, Paranormal producers. Speaking of Patreon, want to become a patron of Hollywood Paranormal and help produce our podcast? Well, look no further. You could go to www.patreon.com. Forward slash Holly Weird Paranormal, and for as little as one dollar or more per month, or for one month or two months or more, you can help produce Holly Weird Paranormal. Want to learn more about our podcast, or about your hosts, or even catch up on past episodes and seasons? Well, look no further. Head on over to our website, www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. There, you can listen to past episodes and seasons, get to know your hosts, myself and Bryce Mitchell Williams, along with information on becoming a patron, browse through our merchandise store, or even subscribe to our podcast. Then you can do so all on our website. Speaking of subscribing to our podcast and listening to past episodes, you can catch past episodes and past seasons on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. CastBox, box, player FM, Tune In, and or wherever you get your podcast fix. If you have a couple more minutes to spare, head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate and review our podcasts. It would really help us indie podcasters a lot, help us become a little more visible. I have a ghost story that you're dying to share with us, no pun intended, then send it over our way. Hollyweird paranormal at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook or Instagram. At Holly Weird Paranormal, or tweet us at HWP Podcast on Twitter. All right, friends. We hope that you stay well, stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, stay inside. But always remember too to stay Holly Weird. Till next time, friends.